We've just celebrated Thanksgiving, which is a beautiful family time, a time we enjoy. But I'm sure there was something that probably happened either before or probably the Friday after Thanksgiving. Whether you went out to brunch or lunch or dinner or went shopping or, quite frankly, if you even got into your car on Friday, you were probably confronted with the phenomenon of waiting. Waiting 45 minutes to be seated. Waiting on Fields Ertle to get to J.C. Penney's or Kohl's. Waiting at the door for the doors to open. Waiting to be attended. And no matter what scenario that waiting happens in, we do not like to wait. We're people, I mean, how many of you in the car, right, especially if you're sitting beside your spouse who's driving, could probably say, my spouse does not like waiting in traffic, or my spouse does not like waiting when we arrive at the restaurant. I think that's just part of our human nature. It's something we don't like to do. We like to be in motion. We like to be arriving at the goal. We like to be sitting down at the table enjoying Thanksgiving, not standing in a line. And quite frankly, it's because we don't know what to do when we're supposed to be waiting. It's an awkward moment. We arrive as a family, we arrive to the restaurant, and well, it's going to be about 45 minutes, sir. I'm like, uh, what do we do? Do we try to find another place? We're walking around. We sit down. We stand up. We go to the bathroom. We come back. We go out to the car. It's like we're, we're uncomfortable with waiting. We can't just sit there and wait. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise that when we arrive at this time of the year, our church year called Advent, and we are told that it is a season of waiting there's generally not a whole lot of enthusiasm. It doesn't strike us as particularly exciting. All right, we're going to have four weeks to wait. Yay, let's get into the Advent spirit. More often than not, we turn it into this quasi-pre-Christmas celebration where we're, we're not sure what to do. Thanksgiving's over, so let's start decorating. We've we got to do something Christmassy because we're kind of in this this funk, this funny season that we just don't like. And I think that's the number one reason why this season can possibly cause us to be a little bit confused. Like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What, what do we do during Advent other than light the candles on the wreath? What am I supposed to be telling my children? What, what is this preparation supposed to be? And the second reason why I think it's so hard is because we're told, well, we're preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Try telling that to your kids. They'll probably be willing to raise their hand and say, Mom, Dad, didn't he come 2,000 years ago? Wasn't Jesus born 2,000 years ago? And we're supposed to be preparing for Jesus' birth? What? Oh, okay, so I get it. First, we're supposed to wait, and second, we're supposed to pretend that we're waiting for something to happen that already did. Combine those two things, and we find ourselves in a season that's just kind of like, whatever, I'm going to put up Christmas lights and start celebrating Christmas, because I can understand that, remembering Jesus' birthday. Who doesn't dig a birthday? We all love birthdays. Jesus' birthday, great. Man, we're going to have a party. But prepare for him to be born when he's already born? 
I think we need to answer the question, what actually is Advent? And it's beautiful that we were able to hang the wreath. I hope it doesn't fall down. <laughs> that we're able to hang the wreath. It's actually better in the church. If you go to the day chapel, it's hanging over the ambo where you preach and read. And the whole time you're preaching, you're literally standing like this, hoping it doesn't fall on you. But it's beautiful that we're able to hang the wreath out today because there's a certain symbolism behind the wreath, wreath that unlocks the meaning of the season. It's a circle of evergreens through which we're able to look up towards heaven, towards eternity. It's a circle through which we're looking towards a goal, heaven. It's both circular and linear at the same time. It's the same holds true for our church year, and the same thing holds true for our lives as Christians. Right? Advent is we are preparing to celebrate Jesus' birth at Christmas, but the real preparation is in remembering his first coming, we're preparing for his second coming at the end of time. That's what Advent is about. It's about, yes, we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday, but he has come once already at Christmas time, which we will celebrate, but we're preparing for Jesus to come at the end of time. Our church year that we've just finished, you'll notice that the end and the beginning meet. We celebrated Christ the King, the end of time, Jesus coming in His glory as King. All those gospel readings that were so heavy because they dealt with the end of time, judgment, Christ the King who comes. And all of a sudden we notice that the end of our church year coincides, touches with the beginning of this year. That at the same time we celebrate Jesus' birth, we're also connected to his second coming that we just celebrated at the end of our church year, a circular church year that you will continue to hear and celebrate every year of your life until the end of time, that circular year. But through the circular year, we are on a linear path towards Jesus coming at the end of time. That's what Advent's for. Now the question is, how are we supposed to prepare? Okay, I get it. Called to prepare for Jesus coming at the end of time while remembering his coming at Christmas. How? How do I do that? Just like we don't like waiting because we're not sure what to do when we're supposed to wait, how am I supposed to prepare? And the church is going to answer that question every Sunday of Advent. Today, the first Sunday of Advent, we're going to hear the words of Jesus Christ. The next Sunday of Advent, we're going to have John the Baptist who's going to take us by the hand and lead us. The third Sunday of Advent, we will again have John the Baptist take us by the hand and lead us. And the fourth Sunday of Advent, we're going to have Mary and her example, and she will bring us to the end of that journey of preparation. Every Sunday, a different hint on how to prepare. 
today's gospel, I'm sure you heard one word over and over and over again from Jesus Christ. Watch. Watch. Be watchful. Watch. And he said it over and over and over again. We're called to have our eyes open and our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. But you know what? There's a piece that we usually miss, a very important piece to this gospel, because we think, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to watch, I'm supposed to be attentive, looking towards eternity, my eyes, my gaze focused on Jesus Christ. But who does Jesus in the parable tell to watch? He tells a parable about a master who places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. The master orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. He puts all his, mas- all his servants, all his servants in his house, he puts them to work, but he leaves a mission specific to the gatekeeper. Who is the gatekeeper? Well, the answer is, who is Jesus addressing the parable to? His disciples. Me. Every person who says, yes, I am Christian. I am following Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is saying, you are the gatekeeper for your brothers and sisters. All your brothers and sisters who are within the master's house, that is, all of humanity, depends on you, disciple. You must watch. Why? Because you need to tell everyone in my house that I am coming. This gospel passage isn't about just me getting prepared. This gospel passage is about I have a responsibility before humanity. Every single child of God. So the question is, am I gazing on Jesus Christ, upon Jesus Christ? Am I so alert with my eyes focused on the Lord that I'm able to help prepare every single person that comes across my path? I can ask myself, is that the way I live my life? Does every person that come in contact with me see the face of Jesus Christ? My brothers and sisters, we're the gatekeeper. We are the gatekeeper. And if the gatekeeper sleeps, if the gatekeeper is not watching, then those in the household will never see the master. 